Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I was at the youth camp yesterday, and uh, it looks like it's lots of fun. Um, I only ran around for like a few minutes, and my body is so sore this morning. <laughs> so, um, but it, it really was amazing just to see what the Lord has been doing there yesterday. Um, so I'm going to just kick off and pray for us, and we can, we can start straight away. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, just for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we can be sure and have confidence, Lord, in the fact that you are good. Um, thank you, Lord, that this is your service, Lord, that we are your people, Lord, and and thank you, Father God, that no one wants to speak to us more than you do, Lord. And so just pray, Lord, that you will open up our hearts, Lord, to receive the word. Um, and, yeah, Lord, may it not fall on, on hard ground or shallow ground, Lord, but may it fall on fruitful ground, Lord. May it bear fruit, Lord. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I have a, a huge privilege of kicking off our series in Hebrews, uh, the book of Hebrews. So if you haven't read this book, it's, it's my favorite book in the Bible, so I'm very excited for the series. Um, but um, yeah, you should be at Hebrews 4 today. If you are not, it's, it's quite quick books. You can really catch up quickly. Um, but the, the idea is that we read Every single day from the 1st of December, we read a chapter of Hebrews. And so by the 26th of December, we should have read through Hebrews twice. And that's, that's sort of the idea of it. And, and so just to give some background about this series, uh, Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and so that was sort of the, the idea around this series as well as we draw to, a, uh, to the end of this year, you know, we, it's always sort of good as you see where you're at right now and see where we are going next year. It's always good to sort of look back at this year and, um, you know, and, and this scripture says that no matter it is our, whether it's our past, our present or our future, Jesus is the same. And Jesus is constant through it. And if you read Hebrews, you will see the Hebrews writer does this constantly. He He's able to spot the big picture in everything. He takes things of the past, shows that it affects our present and how that plays out into the future. And, and so it's really, really exciting. Um, and, and, so, you know, and so why is the past important? It's because if we are unable to trust God and to have faith in God for our past, um, it will be very hard um, and almost impossible to trust God and have faith in God for our present and our future. And so our past becomes extremely important. We have to be able to trust God with our past. And um, so I want to share with you guys a bit of a, um, uh, where's my words, uh, a symbolic meaning of, um, of something that the Lord's really been speaking to me about since we moved into a house the start of this year. Uh, for the first time in my life, I, I owned grass. And so, <laughs> um, so that, was, that was amazing. But it was quite a daunting task. And so the more I started researching it, 
it sort of quickly f- um, grew into a bit of an obsession <laughs> with grass. So, like, we would, I would slow down as we were driving somewhere. Like, ooh, look at that guy's grass. That looks good. Uh, I even have, like, a, a benchmark you know, lawn in my street, which I always look at, like, I wonder how. Um, so it's, and, and so through this, the Lord's really been speaking to me through grass, um, right? If he could speak through a donkey and a bush, I'm sure he could speak to me through grass. And so, um, you know, and, and so the Lord's really been speaking to me through grass. And I want to show you a picture of uh, a lawn, that's actually my grass. Um, uh, thank you. But um, this is not for bragging rights, right? I think I assume the applause means that that looks good, all right? And I think this is the point of why I'm showing you guys this is because as healthy as that grass looks and as nice as it looks, it is not healthy. And you might ask me why. It's because if you walk on that grass... Um, I know it is spongy, so it's soft, right? And some people would like actually compliment that and be like, wow, your grass is so soft. But it's actually unhealthy, and why it is unhealthy is because, if you can just show the second picture, please. There is, from the previous seasons, from winter seasons, as your grass dies through winter, um, it starts to form a layer of dead grass underneath your healthy grass, and it's called thatching. And so, over time, this becomes a huge risk for your lawn because um, this dead grass can become moldy. Um, it can it opens up your healthy grass for insects and pit, like diseases and all these things. And so, um, there becomes this massive layer between the soil and your actual grass. And and um, and how do you fix this? It's something called sculping. It's not a pretty process. It's not a nice looking process, but basically what sculpting means is that at the end of the winter season, just before we expecting the uh, spring rain, we, uh, you literally cut your grass. So you go layer by layer with your lawnmower until you are almost on ground level, until your lawnmower is at its lowest level. So you almost clear everything that is there and your grass looks bare and it looks horrible but it's only for a short while because actually what you will allow to do is you will allow your grass to breathe, get oxygen, get all the nutrients it needs. And so the Lord has really been speaking to me about this principle of looking underneath what is healthy and making sure that there's nothing underneath the healthy. And, and so to look a little bit deeper than what is seen and allowing God to show us what is unseen. And, um, and so that is what I, I would like us to do this morning, is to cut a little bit of grass, <laughs> layer by layer. Um, so if, if you're ready, uh, I think let, let's cut some grass. And sorry, I had a picture of the sculpting. I don't know if it showed. Um, I had a picture of it. You see, it's the third picture. I don't know if that's helpful. Anyways, while they find it, that's fine. Um, Cool. So I, you know, just to sort of look at this concept of going deeper and deeper, we're going to read from Hebrews 10:32 up until Hebrews 11, verse 8. Um, so I'm going to read all the way through. We're going to start at verse 32, and it says, Remember those earlier days 
after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So quite a, a bulky piece of scripture, but, um, you know, you might ask the question that you said that we're going to talk about the past, we're going to be looking backwards in this sermon, so why are we talking about faith? Uh, because faith always feels like we're looking forward, you know, we trust in God for something, that we are trusting God for something we haven't experienced yet, but if we read through Hebrews 10 and 11, what the Hebrews writer is actually doing is he's recalling all of these events that we see happen in the Bible. And what he does is he places the words by faith in front of it. And so what he's actually doing is, is he is teaching us how to look at our past through the lens of faith. And to see God in the moments which he wasn't as visible in that moment. Like, for example, the story of Abel. The Genesis, if you read Genesis' account, we don't see that it was because he had faith that his offer was accepted. But the Hebrew writer looks at that and he sees God in that moment. He says, by faith, his offering was accepted. And, and so that is what I really want us to do is to be able to take our past, to take our past victories through this year, what has happened to us, whether it's suffering, whether it's victories, and allow the Lord to show us, to re-show us that, those events through the lens of faith. And so I'm going to look at three points this morning. It's, the first one is going to be faith's alternative. 
The second one is going to be what is faith? And the third one is going to be faith consequences. And um, to, to start with the first one, it's, it starts with verse 32. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light. And so the Hebrew writer starts and he says, remember, the one translation says, recall those earlier days. And so he says, like, think back. Think back of what has happened to you. And then he starts mentioning all of these events. He mentions that you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, that you stood side by side with those who suffered. You, you suffered in prison. You, got your, your, you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. And so in a way, like what he was saying was that, you know, whether, like, remember the times when you experienced the shame. Remember the times when you experienced suffering and even suffering along others. Remember the, the suffering that you had to endure physically, the suffering you had to endure financially. And so he recalls all of these events. And, and the same for us, like, as you're sitting there, like, what can you recall of what you've had to endure? And then he says... And then he says, he, he emphasizes a warning in verse 38 and 39. And he says, there's a warning to, it says, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And so something that struck me reading this portion of scripture is that it's almost hard for me to believe that someone that had suffered this much, someone that had gone through this much suffering and pain for the name of Christ, is at risk of shrinking back. Is at risk of choosing faith's alternative. And, and so, you know, so it, it lays two alternatives before us. You either have faith and you're saved. Well, the one translation says you preserve your soul. Or you shrink back and you are destroyed. And, and, and he says, like, I'm, I implore you and I'm asking you not to let these events, not to let these sufferings go to waste. Don't throw away your confidence, but allow these events to build you and to build your faith and not let it shrink you back. Right? Don't let those events build that layer of dead grass. But allow these events to rather build your faith, make you stronger. And, and so the Hebrew writer presents us with faith as the way of how we need to work through our past. It's the only way how we can work through our past and preserve our souls and go forward and not backwards and not shrink back. And then he, he understands that I just gave these people the answer of faith. And right in Hebrews 11, verse 1, he says, now faith is. And he explains to us what faith is. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Because by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command 
so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so he starts off with saying that confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And so there's this constant tension between seeing and the unseen, what we see and what we do not see, what we see and what we do not see. And what he's saying is, is that faith is in a way is being able to have confidence in something that we do not clearly see. Believing and having full assurance in what we do not see yet. And, and you know, in, in, the, in the beauty of that verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So God who is unseen created everything we can see. And only by faith we will understand the unseen. And so the only way for us to understand certain moments, which is so broad and so big, we can only understand by faith. We can only understand if we see God first and then see how he, how he was a part of those moments. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. For he who seeks him must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And I think with that, you know, we might ask the question, but, you know, if I don't believe that, let's say, I don't believe God for healing, why does that not please God? Because faith is personal. If I don't believe God for healing, it's not that I don't believe him for healing, I don't believe the healer. And, and our faith must always, first and foremost, be in God. We must always first be rooted in the fact of knowing that He exists, knowing that He is God. We believe first that He is God and we are not. But then we need to have confidence that as we know Him and we seek Him, He will reward us for our faith. And I want to just share a testimony this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, this message is very personal um, for, for Catherine and I during this year because um, we were really tested by this word um, and I'm going to sort of go through it quickly because I think my time is very behind but um, uh, we, we started end of last year uh, starting of December, end of November um, Catherine, we actually felt pregnant um, and, you know, we came into 2022 super excited for, for what God had planned for us, you know. And, um, and we, we went through all the checkups, and it was uh, towards the end of January, and we had a 12-week checkup. Um, and I remember we went and we sat down, and as the lady, you know, put the little thing on her tummy, we instantly saw there was no heartbeat. And, and so this was one of our first moments which we sort of encountered of having faith. Um, because in that moment, we, we didn't expect it. We didn't see it coming. But we, we saw that there was no heartbeat. And the, the guy, and he walked out. And she's like, I'm going to give you guys a minute. 
just to process this. And, and we drove away and, you know, we, I don't even know what song was playing, but we were crying. And, um, and I, I remember us praying and I said, you know, as we were praying, these words just came up and we just said like, Lord, thank you for the privilege of being able to carry life for 12 weeks. You know, and, and looking back now, that was not us. <laughs> the, the, the ability to look past the hurt and the disappointment was not us. That was the Holy Spirit. Being able to enable us to say by faith. And, and then, you know, so here our faith journey started and we were like, Lord, okay, we, we're going to trust you to fall pregnant again. And it was a month, and we felt pregnant again. And um, we were a little bit guarded, but we were like, Lord, we, we trust you. We know this is going to work out. And, um, and, and so the 12-week checkup came for the second baby. And I remember we had a lunch before this checkup, and, and we were scared. We were very scared. Um, and we had a lot of doubts and um, and we, we had to like sort of just stir one another up and almost in a beautiful way rebuke our unbelief, you know, because we were like, we can't walk in there believing that something is wrong or even thinking that something is wrong. Like, we have to believe that, that God is the best in store for us. And um, went in and so first thing we saw, okay, there's a heartbeat. Thank you, Lord. That was amazing. And and then at some stage, the, the gynae sort of got quiet, and she said, I, I'm seeing something that's really concerning me. And she found quite a significant amount of liquid behind the baby's neck. And so at that, at that age, that liquid predicts quite, quite a lot of uh, severe disabilities and, and things that can go wrong with the child further on. And, and her words to us was basically that, your child will either be disabled or he will die, but there's no way he's normal. Um, and I remember sort of trying to be bold and be like, but I believe in the God of miracles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then she said to Catherine, I'm not going to give you the scan, you know, just because you might lose the baby. And, and Catherine was like, no, I want the scan. Um, and, and that so stirred my faith, you know, and we walked down and we were like, okay, Lord, we, we hear the news, we, we hear what's going on, but we, we trust you now for healing. We know that you can heal. And we had a, a big group meeting at Ravonia, and there was an invitation to be prayed for for, for healing. And we went to the front, and, and so many people prayed with us for healing. And we really, really, really believed I remember I was there, and I drove back, and I phoned Catherine, and I said, I really believe the Lord healed our baby. And I think it was a few days later, in the morning hours, her water broke. Um, and, I, I, and, and for those of you who don't know what that means, that pretty much means the baby is coming, whether you like it or not. And at, at 15 weeks there's no chance of the baby surviving. And, um, you know, and, and it was a rush. We went in the morning at 7 o'clock, and it was the next morning, 1 o'clock, Catherine gave birth. And, um, and I remember, like, the build-up to that moment. Um, 
we were holding this little baby and, and something that struck us was not the fact that we had lost a baby. We, we were sort of like blown away by the perfection of God's creation. We looked at that little body and it was like perfect five fingers, little fingernails at 15 weeks. And we were blown away by who God is. And even, even through these moments, we knew that God was good. Um, and, and so I, I had lost both of my parents. Catherine had lost a parent. So we, we had been exposed to loss before. Um, you know, and, and we had exposed to mourning and working through the past. But from this moment onwards, things were a little bit different um, for us and, and for me specifically, you know, I sort of brushed it underneath the carpet and said, like, no, Lord, I've dealt with it because I can say you're still good. Like, we're good to go. And, and, and things just didn't, re- like, normalize. Like, my time with the Lord started being affected. I did not have the desire to speak to him like I used to um, or even be in his word like I wanted to. And... Um, and there was a, a, a pastor's conference, which I attended, and there was an invitation to be prayed for and went to the front, and the guy was like, what am I praying for? I was like, I don't even know. I just, I just know something is wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I can't put my finger on it, but something's not okay. And, and we were praying, and I was getting so frustrated because I was like, Lord, I am not hearing you. At this point, I'm doubting whether I'm saved or not, like, honestly. And, and the Lord then spoke to me, and he said to me, Lou, I hold, I hold one thing against you, and that is unbelief. And I, I was shocked, and I said to the Lord, how? How can, you, how can you say I did not have faith? Um, and the Lord asked me, do you trust me for healing? And I said, no, I don't. And, and that's where the Lord showed me if we allow unbelief to sift into one area of our past, we won't be able to trust God in that area in the present or in the future. It is so important that we remain faithful in allowing God to get underneath the green grass and, and, and my issue was that I had allowed my winter season. I, I didn't do the due diligence in my heart to allow that my winter season, what I experienced, the dead grass, the unbelief that was there, I had not done the due diligence to make sure that God cleans that out completely. And so it was a process. I had to write down. Uh, I had to write down each baby's name on a page, and I had to work through it. And I had to say, "Lord, this is like I wanted to hold that baby, and it was important for me to say that. It was important for me to voice the disappointment." Um, and so, like I said, this is really the sermon is really doing the due diligence and allowing the Lord to look back into our past. And so this is something I really want to encourage you guys with. I know the Holy Spirit is pressing 
personal events in your heart, winter seasons you went through, which you might not be sure of whether you've done the due diligence. But in the buildup of this week, take time, stand still, and allow the Lord to work through those things. And, and why it's important to work through those things is because the Hebrew writer shows us the consequences of faith. And this is just where I'm going to end. He says, we see that phrase, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And, and basically, just what that means is that if we translate it, it says, out of faith or out of trust or out of confidence. We view our past. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.